This episode is for you if you are thinking about doing a major project on your gap year or you are a somebody who is recognizing that there's a change that needs to happen in your community and you want to be part of it. If you are looking to have an incredible project to work on over the course of your gap year, this episode will give you so much insight into how to make that happen and even how to receive some funding through the Canadian Service Corps and federal government through the Rising Youth Grants. So it's definitely worth the listen. So enjoy. sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Corey Herc, who is going to share some incredible insight about what it means to tap into taking on some unique projects that are going to serve your community and some of the phenomenal resources that are out there that can help you achieve what you want to achieve. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, Corey. Hey, thank you. I'm really, really excited to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and why I reached out to you to, to share your expertise with us. Uh, absolutely. So my name is Corey Burke. Uh, I'm living in Moncton, New Brunswick right now. And what I do for work and what my passions are happen to align a lot lately. Um, so my role at work is as uh, what we call a youth engagement activator with an organization uh, called Taking It Global on a project called Rising Youth. And... What I do with that is uh, travel around New Brunswick, connect with young folks who have a passion for making change in their communities, uh, learn what that means for them, and help connect them to resources and funding to turn that passion into action. And I think that that aligns a lot with what I've always been motivated by in my life, which is learning about the communities that I'm living in, um, how the people who are there and surrounding me see the ideal version of those communities and helping work with them to to make some changes and to make people's lives better through that. I love that you're I love that you're in flow. It feels so great when your when your interests and your your job can align like that. So uh, that's a that's something that a lot of people aspire to. So it's so inspiring to hear that you are on that journey. So I, th- I think that's great. Um, now you mentioned that you tour around uh, New Brunswick and is, is this something that also exists outside of that province? Yeah, so I'm part of a national team. Uh, we operate from coast to coast to coast. Um, most of us are remote, kind of like me. So we have a head office in Toronto and a few little satellites. Um, but a lot of our role is in, in reaching youth who might not always have access to these kind of programs. Um, who may be from rural environments or traditionally marginalized youth or youth who just might not know how to get these things going. Um, so we have a team all across the country, um, throughout the provinces and territories, 
And our role is to find out the best ways to meet these youth, uh, often working with local organizations and splitting our time a little bit between, between frontline and big picture view. So it's really my pleasure to, to travel around New Brunswick and also to connect to the rest of our team who have been doing the same work all throughout Canada um, to learn from them and to work with them in the same ways. Amazing. Um, we're, we're so lucky to live in a country where we have this, this opportunity and people are recognizing that young people have skills and talents and interests in, in an opportunity to contribute to their community. So I'm really glad that Taking a Global has, has come around to be able to, to champion this and uh, to give these resources to students. But I wanted to just ask a, a question. By, by chance, did you have the opportunity to take a gap year? So I did not take a gap year between high school and university, um, but upon graduating from university, I very much wanted to take advantage of that, um, that model a little bit. So I don't know if you call it a gap year in the traditional sense, but after graduating from my bachelor's degree, I took some time off to, to farm, um, to travel around Canada a little bit, and I had ended up going coast to coast to coast. Uh, again, from Halifax to BC, up to Whitehorse, um, farming and volunteering along the way there. So I think the, the ethos of the gap year was there, even though it didn't happen between high school and university. And that helped me really define uh, to myself what I wanted to do uh, with that education, with that role in the world, uh, to understand a little better where I, where I should be and where I wanted to fit. I would 100% call that a gap year. We, we use a really uh, broad definition because people can benefit from a gap year no matter where they are at their career. So traditionally, we would, we would say that it happens after high school before heading into post-secondary. But I would say about 30% of the people that, that I work with or who come to ask questions of the Canadian Gap Year Association actually are coming either mid-post-secondary. So maybe they got into a program that wasn't the right fit for them or maybe they need to, to take a break to recharge their battery so that they can complete their, their degree or their diploma, uh, or just right after graduating, uh, helping to get a little bit more clarity or taking a pause before heading into further studies. So I would 100% call what you did a gap year. And I, and I love that you can identify how it helped to, to shape who you are today, because that's the, that's the story I hear. Perfect. So tell me a little bit more specifically around what is this Rising Youth Grant? Sure. Um, so if, if I can pull a phrase from our website uh, very quickly, what we say we're looking for online is that we are looking for young people who are inspired with ideas and ready to take action through youth-led community service grants, um, which I think sums it up for sure. But I think in, in practice, we're seeing it become a lot more than just that. Uh, we see it as a way to answer those calls. Whenever there's a young person in the community who says, oh, I wish we had that here. Do you think we could offer this sometime? Um, and those kind of little prompts that happen kind of organically through conversations, um, a lot of times between youth or between youth and their mentors, uh, when they express that they have maybe some desires or needs that aren't already met in their community, and they were wishing there was a way to step up to those. Uh, that's the model that we really want to plug into is to connect with those youth, to meet them and say, here's how we can help you become that person, that change maker or that person who's gonna meet those needs that you've identified and provide the tools and equipment for them to do it and for them to do it on their own terms, uh, especially. 
So I think, yes, you know, in, in practice, we are looking for young people who are inspired with ideas and ready to take action, uh, but that could describe so much. And I think what really, really defines this program is that we want to meet youth where they're at, connect with them about what they need, learn from them about what their communities mean to them and what their paths to action look like and help them achieve those projects on their own terms. I, I love how grassroots this is, that, that the, these youth are identifying problems and things that they want to see. And I think that that is so powerful for young people to take charge and, and to realize that they can actually impact change in their community. Um, so, so I'm curious, you, you use the term youth. What does that actually mean? Is there an age limit that comes to that? <laughs> I, yes. I feel very youthful and I have problems that I want to solve, um, but I'm not sure I'm your market. So, so what does that, uh, what are those age limitations? Totally. So we define youth as uh, between 15 and 30, which covers- uh, just, just missed it. I know, me too. <laughs> um, it covers pretty much every imaginable gap year circumstance uh, within, a lot, within a lot of different definitions of it. But uh, what I find is interesting about that definition of youth too is, and this is something that I've kind of seen is that my, my generation has called, always kind of been on the verge of what has considered youth, it seems, for a long time. I remember graduating from university and the youth rates with Via Rail were steadily increasing uh, in age limit as I aged. Um, different granting programs that target youth have been increasingly connecting with youth who are in their, their mid-late 20s. Uh, us, we work right up until 30. And I think that speaks to a little bit of a condition with my generation where we aren't necessarily falling into those same traditional models of graduation and career track employment. We, we're constantly in a process of redefining, reevaluating what our lives mean and how we connect to the communities and the people around us. And if we expand the definition of youth to not just mean a certain age bracket, but an understanding that, that we're in flux and we're understanding new things about ourselves and our community constantly, I think it works really well with that age range. Um, and 15 to 30 connects us to an enormous variety of people. Uh, I'm connecting to high school students and their teachers sometimes. I'm connecting to recent graduates and the people who've shaped uh, and mentored them through that process of graduation. And it's really interesting to see how we can loop them all into these same conversations about what community change means and how we can put them on the front line of it. And I wanted to underscore what you're, what you're talking about when you refer to this this non-linear way of defining youth and and defining your your career and defining how you can impact the world and how you grow and change i think this is a, a definition and a concept that's becoming really real and sometimes that can be a little bit obscure for generations that have come before us because things tended to be a little bit linear so it's really neat to hear you describe it in that way and and in the work that you're doing how you're seeing that manifest itself and and also to recognize that you are just beyond the, the age or the definition of, a, of what a youth is, but you have successfully navigated youth and come out the other end um, being, being a fully adjusted adult, which I think is important for any parents listening to hear <laughs> that, that, that your kid may be not on a linear path and that's okay. And they are going to navigate and grow and figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. I think that growth is the really important part, is that if we as, as a generation are going to embark on this project um, of, you know, challenging that linear progression, 
is what are the metrics that we're going to define ourselves by? And I've always defined myself by the, the communities that I connect to, support and am supported by, and the skills and the development uh, that I have personally and my ways of giving back to it. And I think being able to see my growth through those lenses and being able to see the growth of those that I collaborate with and share with and learn from through that same way really puts it in a whole new context that uh, we are developing and we are impacting those communities and ourselves and our peers in increasingly powerful and, and effective ways. Um, and the line that I'm following is just one that, you know, might be a little different than, than other folks have seen in previous generations, but we're still working on learning new skills, bettering our place in life, bettering the communities around us and affecting that positive change. And I think that's the really important metric to, to measure a lot of this by. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, uh, I, I think the, the youth demographic is, is such an interesting time in life where we actually get to start to evaluate who we are and, and who we want to be. And um, d being able to step into our own value system after being nurtured by our parents and our school communities and being influenced by them, but really stepping into to what we, how we want to show up for ourselves and for the communities that we belong to. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to circle back. Um, so we talked about the, the age restrictions um, when it comes to the particular grant, but I know for a lot of people, the idea of grant is pretty daunting, that there's a large application process, it's going to take a long time, and there's lots of reporting. And so sometimes that can be a barrier. I'm wondering if you could speak to the, the process just quickly, um, th that, that it comes if somebody, if a youth wanted to apply for this grant. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a really good point. And that's something that uh, even can go back to, to a few other things. Um, that we, that we talked about also, but uh, fundamentally grants are really scary to a lot of people. Uh, and I think that was a very quick acknowledgement to make in, in working in this program is that we, and especially if we're going to be working with a lot of youth who might not have historically had access to these kind of projects or grant programs, that we need to do what we can to demystify it. Um, so one way that we do that is through, uh, through our activators. So myself and my, my counterparts across, uh, across Canada, is that we try to be a good balance of administrative and frontline. Uh, I like to make myself available to the youth personally when I can. So when we're working with schools, drop-in centers, uh, youth spaces of any kind, I like to make sure that I can show up for the youth uh, metaphorically and literally, that if they have a couple of questions, maybe they've never paid an invoice before, maybe they've never contacted somebody to be a speaker at an event or engaged a facilitator to run a mental health session, uh, that I can come in there and work directly with them and say, here's what you need to do, here's how we're going to do this together, or if I can't be there, is to identify other resources in their community who can help support them in that. Find those youth mentors, those teachers, after-school program facilitators, drop-in center workers, whatever it might be, who can help guide them to, to those outcomes that they're looking for. But we've also tried to make our application as, as straightforward and as simple as possible while still getting the outcomes that we need. So what we ask from our youth is in their words, what's the community that you're working with? What does it need? What have you identified as that need that you want to meet? And what are you going to do about it? And how do you want us to, how do you want us to fund it? How are you going to spend that money? Um, and when you present it to youth in that lens, it becomes a lot easier for them to define because that's what we've been talking about this whole time is what's the community? What do you see? And what do you want to do about it? And most of them have those answers pretty at the ready. 
Um, so demystifying that process is, is a very, very important part of our practice. It's something we're always learning more and new ways to do uh, as well. But it's something that I definitely, I recognize that importance. Grants are scary. Funding relationships can be terrifying for some youth, and especially when we're dealing with youth who might have never had those opportunities before or for whom this is the first of many grant applications, but it's still the first. Uh, I try to be there. I try to show up. I try to listen. Uh, I try to learn what their community is because they're in it and they know it better than I do probably uh, and help walk them through that process. Um, our funding, this is a good time to note, is non-competitive. So if they are approved, they're not taking a chance away from anybody else. They're not competing against any other applicants for access to that funding. We want to ensure that any eligible projects do get funded. And that always really helps too, is saying nobody else is going to take that bread off your table and you're not going to take that bread off of anybody else's table if you get approved. So we can all do this and we can all do, do this together. And that's a really, really valuable framework to work in on a project like this. Does that uh, kind of answer your question? I think that's fantastic. And I think it's great that you have those built-in supports because anytime we do anything for the first time, there's a lot of learning that's happening. And to recognize that, that these people are putting themselves out there, they're taking a chance, they are pushing themselves beyond their comfort zone. That's a scary thing, like you mentioned. And the fact that, that you guys are there to help answer their questions, to encourage them along the way, and to make the process simple. Um, if only everybody at every org granting organization took this approach, um, we would see a lot more projects get off the ground. But I love that it's kind of that first step to, to get a project off the ground so that you have the confidence to take on additional projects uh, later on after, you, after you've got something under your belt. So I think this is uh, an absolutely incredible, uh, incredibly well thought out initiative. Um, so, Thank you. So Kudos to you guys, and, and I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, what are some of the really cool projects that you have seen come to life? Just, yeah. just, just to give people a little bit of a, of a teaser of uh, not, not everything that they could possibly do, but what are some of the things that, can we give it, get a little smorgasbord that we could sample oh, from? Absolutely. Um, so this is, I think, one of the, the most fun parts of it too. Um, and this is one of the... This, I would say the second most uh, common question that we get after we present to, to a youth group, they say, first off, how are you going to give me money? Uh, because when we show up somewhere and tell a bunch of youth that we have money for them, the first thing they want to know is how they're going to do it. And the next thing is always, well, what, what can we do? Um, so I think a few of my favorite examples um, are that when I started in this role, it was important for me to understand kind of what the, what the landscape looked like and what kind of project we were funding. And in my first batch of grant reviews in starting up in New Brunswick, um, we funded a project that was organized in a small rural community. Uh, it was initiated by a youth uh, who was still in high school who identified a lack of mental health supports in her community and wanted to bring in a facilitator from a nearby larger community, run a series of workshops for parents, teachers, and students on crisis intervention and mental health first aid. Just a small uh, project. Just a tiny little, no, it was yeah. 80, yeah. 80 people came. Um, yeah. She brought 80 people in over the course of a weekend. She made major systemic change uh, because she identified a need and she said, this is, this is not good enough. We, we need more and I'm going to be the one to do it. At the same time, uh, we funded a small project that was run by an individual 
who wanted to buy a few board games um, to work with a group of newcomers who are learning English and to make that learning process into play. And so the entire project was for a couple bags of cookies and a couple of board games um, to bring a few people together in a community center to play some games and learn a new language. And both of those projects were equally eligible. They were both equally important. Um, and I think that really highlights the, uh, the diversity of projects that we can fund because both of them really hit those core points. What's your community? What's the need? And what are you gonna do about it? And they both had some great answers. Um, some of the other ones that we funded here in New Brunswick specifically, um, we had a youth fund the first uh, indigenous youth specific conference uh, for high school aged youth, uh, which was, as far as I'm aware, a first time uh, historically here, um, definitely the first one that we had heard of. And that brought 150 people in um, from a number of different First Nations here to talk about specifically youth issues that were faced by them. Um, and it spanned the course of two days. We funded outdoor programming, um, where a group of youth who had never been to a national park gathered together uh, a bunch of kids from their school, went outdoors, talked about the mental and social benefits of these kind of offerings, and organized a series of trips through it. Um, we funded after-school soccer games. We funded mental health programming. We funded uh, community inclusion events for newcomers at high schools after a new school was built. Um, anything that has been has been brought to us that says this is a community benefiting event that I want to do something about um, has largely come through. Tonight I'm actually going to be attending uh, one of our grantees events who wanted to run a film series highlighting films that were made by screenwriters and directors that don't always get represented at the major awards or major dialogues about film and has been running a uh, film night uh, I believe weekly in Moncton, New Brunswick called Desert Hearts. And there's a film screening tonight that I'm hoping to go to. So I'm always learning more through a lot of this too, because I'm always interacting with new communities. Um, and they're coming to me and saying, here's what I need. Here's what I want to do about it. And these great opportunities keep opening up. So that's just a smattering. Uh, we funded about 2,500 projects uh, across Canada so far. And we are going to be operating at least for another year. So I'm overjoyed to learn about what's going to be coming up next there are grantees too. I, I love the diversity in the different projects and it really shows that that young people are very aware of what's happening and what the needs are of their communities but they're also bringing in their particular interests or, or um, skills that they have to the table too. They're, they're not only learning new skills but they're bringing their interests and skills to the table as part of this. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that skill development. So they're bringing some skills but they're also learning and growing so much through the project so what are some of those those takeaways or if they had to basically transcribe how they've changed onto a resume or in an in, in, in interview what, mm -hmm. what, would, what would you say some of those those kind of largest pieces that, that are taken away from a personal or professional development side of things totally um this is a question that we get a lot actually from the grantees, and especially if they are going to be graduating soon, there's that, you know, how is this going to look in my next steps, whether it be entering like workforce, university, college, volunteer programs, uh, a lot of them are very motivated by learning how to represent what they've, what they've learned and what they've grown uh, by. And so the obvious ones that we always say are, you're learning project managing skills, you're learning budgeting, you're learning 
how to how to map out a pathway to the outcomes that you want to achieve. And those are those are easy to to quickly glean from these. Is youth are learning how to manage a lot of moving parts to deliver an outcome to a group of people that they've identified as important to them and important in a broader context of their community. Uh, and that alone is great. Um, I think those are big skills for almost anybody, um, and particularly youth who are already motivated by these kind of things, is that's always a, a strong driver for it. But I think there's a lot of conversation um, about some of your soft skills and your intangibles too. And what does it mean to, to learn how to connect to a community um, in different ways? A lot of the times, here in New Brunswick at least, um, we're funding projects that are student-led, that are addressing uh, mental health needs in their communities. And we're seeing this as this constantly recurring theme. And a lot of youth are learning a lot of new things about sensitivity, compassion, empathy, and how to connect with people in different ways and how to navigate spaces that involve a lot of different needs um, coming together in one common space. I think a lot of these soft skills, a lot of these interpersonal understandings that are coming out of it too, uh, and I should say, not just the youth, I'm learning a lot too from being a part of these. Uh, and it's really fun to see that growth kind of paralleled um, where I meet up with the youth afterwards for reporting. They're like, wow, I learned so much. And I'm just they're saying, me too. We both did. Uh, but I think a lot of those are what, what are really interesting to focus on here too. Um, and also the way it can help you understand a little bit what you want um, out of those community changes. One of the questions we ask our youth a lot in their reporting uh, we get through the, you know, who are you? How did the project go? How many hours did you spend? How many people did you involve? Your big, big measurables. Um, and then we ask them for a couple of things um, that are a little more personal and intangible. What, what would they have changed? What would they have done differently? How did they grow and develop through the program? Um, and we're seeing a lot of really interesting things where people learn more about what they want and learn more about how to interact with their communities after doing these projects, and especially if it's their first time doing a community service project through this, this kind of lens or this kind of initiative, is it can show you a lot about how you and your community interact in different ways and how giving can come back to you in, you know, in these ways that magnify it tenfold. Uh, and that's been really, really exciting and something that I try to underscore a lot too, is that you're gonna learn project management skills, budgeting, networking, uh, how to do all these basic things, pay an invoice for the first time, book a room for the first time, but you're also going to learn how to navigate what you want for your community from your community and how those needs and capacities are going to interact in big ways because this is just the first step for a lot of people too. Um, and a lot of them are asking us, well, what do I do next? How do I access more of this? How do I make this happen again? And that tells me that we're meeting those needs and they're learning those things in some really huge ways too. And you, you actually stole my next question because um, what you're talking about parallels the whole gap year journey very, very similarly. This idea that we set out with particular objectives or particular um, skills that we, that we care, are very, very 
obvious about what you're going to achieve by participating in a project or participating on a gap year. But at the end, when you ask for that reflective component, there is such a personal growth about identity, about community, about the way that you want to show up in the world um, that, that comes out of it. And it might not necessarily be what you set out to do, but sometimes that can be the most impactful part of the project um, is, is understanding yourself and your community and that you have skills and you are able to be part of solutions to problems that you see. Yeah, and I think that's something that's um, really funny and one that I, I think about a lot in this role um, because I found that I wanted to get involved in community service projects after I had done them. Um, and I had gotten roped into supporting some projects that I didn't fully understand uh, what I was doing, but I was enthused because one of my friends was like, hey, do you want to help me out on this? And I was, you know, a teenager. And after finishing it, I realized, wow, I loved doing that. And it was interesting to realize that community work, um, I didn't know that that was what I needed in my life or what I wanted to do until I had done it. And it started to, to open up that pathway to me. And I'm seeing that, I think one of the most validating interactions I've ever had with this work um, was after presenting to a group of youth um, last year, I think it was probably, I'd say about like 10 or 11 months ago, almost a full year ago, uh, we presented to a group of youth and they were brainstorming ideas and thinking about all of these best case blue sky scenarios that stretched out for miles. Um, and then one of them pulled me aside and said, Corey, I didn't know that jobs like yours existed and I didn't know people could do these kind of things. They were, you know, it's like 16 years old. They were in, in 10th grade, I believe. Uh, and said, I didn't know that jobs like this existed or that people could do these kind of things. How did you get there? Um, and I was so excited to open up space for this dialogue with that youth. Um, and it just keeps on circling back. That conversation keeps on happening. And especially I find in high schools, working with youth who've been brought up um, in that kind of educational framework is saying, well, there's, you know, there are ways for you to fit into your community in new ways. And you can imagine those possibilities and find ways to, to make it happen for you. Um, and I see Rising Youth is a really, really great way to open that door to a lot of those youth because I keep on running into that question is how do you get to doing this? How do you enter into community work? And getting a little bit of a grant to develop that project, getting a little bit of that financial backing, that expertise to get them on that path is, is really exciting to see that spark kind of awaken all of a sudden. I, I, I can say the exact same thing about the gap year pathway and just giving exposure to something that isn't necessarily one of the five major professions that you read about mm. in textbooks um, and, and stepping out and, and understanding that there's so many other ways to use your skills and talents to contribute to this world. And the more you get out there, the more diverse ways that you get involved in things in your local community, in across this country and internationally, the more ideas you have about something that is going to align with your values and align with your skill set that, that you can feel proud of on a daily basis and you can feel that you're being fulfilled um, while earning money. And I think that's a really important for messages, a message for students and for, for people in their gap years. Get out there, try different things, get exposure to different things, and that's how you're going to find the right path for you. Um, I, I wanted to also highlight something that you were you were just talking about there, and it sparked for me 
the idea, so in a lot of provinces, there is a mandatory community service component to high school. And for a lot of students, that means finding a placement or an opportunity that already exists. So plugging themselves into somebody else's event uh, or plugging themselves into an already existing project. And I think it's really cool that this opportunity, not only at the high school level, but beyond that, takes it a step further where you are actually owning the project versus stepping into somebody else's project. And I think that's a very unique piece that you're empowering for these young people. So I, I was wondering if, if that's something that you noticed that, that you're expanding by, by taking on a project, you're actually expanding your idea of what is possible and what needs need to be addressed. Yeah, and I think that's something that, uh, that I do find myself speaking to pretty often. Uh, so we interact with schools a lot. Um, schools are the best place to find high concentrations of youth. Um, and that's our mandate is to reach those youth. And so I work with school districts. Uh, I work with high schools specifically uh, on an individual school basis and sometimes on an individual teacher, individual student basis too. Um, and those community outcomes are becoming a, a bigger piece of a lot of education curricula, which is very convenient for us um, because that's what we're talking about all the time with these grants. <laughs> Uh, and so those things dovetail really well. So a lot of the times we see it come up in schools through through a couple of different angles. That's very much one of them. Um, and in those cases, uh, one of the things that we do highlight is that a part of our mandate is that it does need to be a new project, actually, to be funded by Rising Youth. It can't be an existing project. It can't be something that exists under somebody else's organizational mandate or job description. So a lot of the times... In, it's explicitly uh, an alternative to those community service things where they are engaging with somebody else's project or falling on somebody else's mandate. Uh, we often work with those youth to say, okay, like maybe, maybe you saw this project and thought, oh, that's really cool, but I wish it did that. Um, like, you know, this is really cool, but I wish we could take that project and reach a different community with it. Or this is something that really seems like it would make sense in my neighborhood, but it's not offered there. So what would it take to offer it there? Maybe, oh, it'd be really cool if we did this, but it was actually local farmers that we were involving, or that if it had a mental health angle to it instead. And those kind of conversations um, are the ones that I try to latch onto too in, in that particular piece. So if we're going in and talking to a group of youth who are, are brainstorming their community impact project or their community impact outcomes with the curriculum that they're in, those are the things that we try to tease out of it a lot. And a lot of the times, uh, before we even get into grant writing is I'll spin the groups out into little groups or skip the, the youth out into little groups and say just give me 15 minutes of brainstorming of every time in the last year you've said I wish something happened or I wish something existed and just give me all those maybe it was a friend of yours from another school who did something cool maybe if it was something that happened in your neighborhood two years ago that didn't happen again or something you saw heard about in a podcast maybe whatever it might be and we start to make those lists with those kids and there's always a couple minutes of dead zone where nobody's writing anything down and then all of a sudden it just starts pouring out because a lot of the time, you know, it's as soon as you realize that you're looking for things to improve in your community, you find so many possible options. Um, and a lot of youth really, really respond uh, to those. And then we light them up as soon as we say, okay, we're going to give you some money to, to make those changes happen. Now that you've ID'd 20 possible I wish this existed scenarios, uh, let's light this place up and start getting those activated. Um, I, so yeah. I love... 
I love that activity. And uh, I'm going to infuse that into our gap year certification. So we're, we're at, we actually do have a gap year certification. And one of the, the components that they need to do over the course of their gap year is to take on an individual project. Um, and we stipulate it needs to address one of the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which exist in every community, um, mm -hmm. either if, if you're looking locally or internationally. Um, and so starting off with that I wish statement, I think can be such a powerful tool to give you some insight and some inspiration um, to, to, to get the ball rolling. So I'm wondering if you can can take that model and take this idea and maybe share with us why you think it might be really great to work on one of these projects during a gap year. What, what, what reasons would a gap year fit into this project or would this project fit into a gap year? Totally. Um, I mean, I think the, the first and most prominent answer to me is that Rising Youth Grants are enormously flexible. Um, so we can fit it into a gap year um, because we can fit it into a lot of different scenarios. But a gap year works especially good for it because you have this open-ended, self-defined uh, you know, landscape in front of you in a gap year, you're taking a little bit of time off from a structured institutionalized learning piece to steer your direction through that year, um, identify your own outcomes, identify your own goals, and identify your own pathway to meet them. And I think a rising youth grant is a really powerful tool to interact with that because it gives you one extra tool in your tool belt that you can pretty much point at anything and say, well, here's a little bit more buying power, space rentability, transportability, ability to engage expertise, ability for mentorship, community, community gathering, to take that outcome or that goal or that drive to the next level. Um, I think a lot of the time with, uh, with grant programs too, there are a lot of strictures into how you can pull it into place. Um, and I'd like to say that ours is, it's a rolling deadline. So whenever your gap year happens, we can probably meet you there because we don't have deadlines. We don't have cutoffs for time. Uh, it's rapid. We can turn a grant around in a couple of weeks, typically. Um, so if a youth is approaching us, absolutely just champing at the bit and ready to go, um, a lot of grants that might cycle twice a year and have a four-week four or eight-week runway might not be as much of a fit where we can say, if you're ready to go and if you can hit all of our needs, let's get that money deposited into your account and get started right away. Um, so we want to be flexible. We want to meet youth where they're at and youth in a gap year who is in that process of defining their outcomes and carving out their own place um, in, in their world or their community or their social landscape. We can usually meet them wherever they're at and say, let's take it to the next level with you. Um, so I think it works well in that sense for sure. I think in a broader sense too, um, we see rising youth as a, as a stepping stone and it's a stone with different, different sizes for different youth. Um, we have youth who are experienced grant applicants coming to us saying, well, it's just another one. I'm ready to go. And we have youth who have never done it before uh, coming to us and we're walking hand in hand and side by side with them through it. But um, through a lot of that is we, we require that our grants be a part of a community. So there's this networking connectivity piece that comes out of it. And I know networking is, you know, it can be seen as a little bit of a, a corporate or a, a loaded term um, by placing value on your connections to, that you meet to people rather than meeting them for the sake of meeting them. 
But depending on how you want to place it, maybe that's the value that happens to it. Maybe it's just about meeting the other people around you because you feel stronger when you're a part of that community. But we ask that our projects specifically be a part of a team, specifically be a part of a community, and specifically connect those youth to whatever surrounds them a little bit more. And that can help so much in a gap year to understand where you are, what you can learn from these people around you, and what they can learn from and draw from you too. Um, so I think that necessarily focused uh, aspect of it on a community can really, really open up a lot of doors through Gap Year too, because it can help you find your place and find your community um, and your space within it a lot more easily when you have that framework to, to take it up to the next level through it. Um, go ahead. I, yeah, I think that that connection to community is so big because the one one piece that I hear from folks who are on gap years or finish their gap years is there can sometimes be um, a sense of isolation because typically most people will be going on to post-secondary or going on a different journey than you're going on. So some people say that they feel a little bit lonely and this is a great opportunity to grow your social circle and your, your connectivity and your sense of community in a new way. Whereas in high school, you have had uh, almost a forced group of friends that that are always there showing up in the same place in the same in the same way that you are and when you step out of that environment it's now time to learn how to make new friends it's almost like kindergarten all over again um, how do you make new friends in a new context and this is a great excuse to have to get out there and to talk to people and to build a new network for yourself as part of your gap year so thank you for highlighting that um, the other thing that that jumped out at me in what you were saying is I've only ever talked to one person who said their gap year wasn't worthwhile. And that person spent their entire year just working. And, that, and that's, that's their words. I just worked on my gap year, so it was a waste of time. And I think that for some young people, they don't realize that they, if they just have a job that they work at and then they come home and they sit on the couch, it's not going to be a particularly exciting year for them. But working on a project like this alongside having a job on your gap year, if that's part of your plan, this is a, this is a way to learn new things, to do new things um, while still earning money. And it doesn't have to be all consuming nine to five every day project, but you could do it alongside of the other things that are happening on your gap year. Totally. And I think, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's a reality uh, that, most of us are going to have to be have to be working in some way to support things on a gap year. But I think even um, even in a case like that is I hope that that person at least learned a little bit more about what they valued in their time and their work life balance. Um, even if they said that their gap year wasn't worth it in their global point of view, I hope that they were able to draw some kind of understanding about what they needed out of a work life balance or what they needed out of a gap year. Yeah. The processes in the future. Yeah, and and that's something that I I think is so important. But sometimes it takes a little bit of coaching uh, to mm. get to that point where you have the the skills to reflect and to really pick apart how you've grown and changed and what what are the actual learnings that are coming out of situations, whether they were a successful situation or maybe not your ideal outcome. Um, so getting that support that can help you to reflect if you don't necessarily naturally have that skill. And so in conversation with that person, we were able to highlight some of those those learnings which shifted their perspective a little bit. Um, so so thank you for for reminding me. So in in the end, uh, the conversation turned around. Well, actually, actually, I did get a lot 
lot out of this year. So, um, so yeah. I guess I, I guess I can say nobody has said it's a waste of time. Yeah. One person initially said, uh, and then through conversation, we actually highlighted some of the uh, the benefits that came away from it. So I can speak a little bit more to to some of those those other draws too. Um, and one of the big conversations that we're having as an organization right now is our grants are one per person per lifetime. Um, so you you have one shot. Well, you don't have one shot of a rising youth grant. You have as many shots as you want until it hits. Um, uh, but it's one approved grant per person per lifetime. And um, we're thinking a lot now that the program has been around for a couple of years is what's, what do we owe to our alumni? What is our engagement with people who have been through our program now? Because we don't want to just, you know, shake, shake their hand or give them a high five and send them on their way. Um, there's that big question of like, what happens next? And one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing here through my role in it is that we're seeing a lot of themes come up over and over again. Like I mentioned earlier is that uh, a lot of high school students are talking about mental health. And they're doing it in ways that didn't happen when I was in high school, um, which was realistically 15 years ago, is half a generation. Um, and they're talking about mental health all the time. And they're talking about what they want to do about it and how they want to support each other on it. And so we are, we're also a way for them to connect in, in some bigger ways. And one of the things that I like to do a lot when those projects come up is say, well, I'm really excited that you're doing this. So many other people in different parts of New Brunswick have also done a project like this. Do you want to connect to them? Um, and that kind of engagement can really, really help um, reflect and magnify those values that they're getting out of that in some really new ways. Because all of a sudden, there are these opportunities to engage with other people who have done it, who learned new things and different things and can build on those capacities. Um, and I think if we got every youth who organized a mental health workshop in their school through a Rising Youth Grant together, every one of them would be saying something different about it, but every one of them would be saying something that was relevant to the other ones too. Um, and I think those, those things can be enormously valuable, that there's a chance for growth just outside of your own personal project, um, because as soon as you're done, you're a part of this massive landscape of other community builders, changers, and you can tap into that in enormous, enormous ways. And one of the things that I've been really excited to see is uh, talking to alumni afterwards who have said, wow, I learned so much. I met all these new people. I didn't know all these people were interested in these same things, or I didn't even know that these people existed in my community until now. Um, and opening up those doors, even just, you know, blowing those doors completely off the hinges in some cases uh, can really, really change the way that if something like this happened in a gap year and all of a sudden you realize that you're one of 80 people in your city who all have these ideas um, and one of hundreds, if not thousands of people uh, provincially or nationally who all have these ideas, it can help build and shape those, those experiences into something that could be absolutely life-defining in some cases. Yeah, you, you have an opportunity to find your people. Um, mm -hmm. I, and sometimes I think that's so, um, so inspiring to, to realize that, that you have these ideas, but there's also other people out there. And it's the same when we talk to gap year alum and we connect them mm -hmm. to each other as well, because they've had this unique experience. And, and once you get with people who, who have similar values or similar ideas, you, you just realize what a force you can be together, um, which I think is so cool. And, and it allows for diversity in thought too, because although you may have had a similar experience, you're bringing different backgrounds and, and different um, different ideals to it, and and you can have really really rich conversations um, when you do find people that you can connect with on some level. Uh, 
So I'm wondering if you had any particular advice. So if I uh, put in front of you a whole room full of people who are considering embarking on a gap year or who have committed to a gap year, what kind of advice would you put in front of them when it comes to thinking about some sort of uh, service project that they, that they uh, might be considering? Yeah, um, I think a big thing for for me um, is that a lot of my decisions are are values based, um, and I think working with those youth, I would say the first thing is to find out what what your values are, because a lot of us aren't given the tools to find out what our values are uh, through high school, and we don't necessarily know those things until we start having to define them. Um, and I think one of my big pieces of advice would be to to take some serious time in self reflection or even in group reflection is get together with a few a few friends get together for coffee or to play some games or go for a hike find a space where you're able to converse freely and start talking about what actually moves you what drives you and what your motives are for doing a lot of these things um, because when you have that values map in front of you it becomes a lot easier to understand which decisions are the right ones for you and which ones might look or sound appealing, but might not provide you with what you need in the long run. Um, and I think that learning how to understand your values and learning how to understand what, what your real, real drivers are in life is a skill that we can all stand to develop, um, you know, more uh, and learn how they evolve a lot of the time too. I think for me, sorry, Corey, go ahead. Corey, like I, we didn't plan this ahead of time, but Seriously, um, as part of the gap year certification, we've built in a pillar that's specifically, <laughs> specifically on identity and values because of that exact reason. Um, so I'm just sitting here smiling ear to ear, hearing this from somebody else, that that is the central place to start and giving yourself the time and space. And then we can help provide the tools because again, like you said, it's not necessarily taught um, or part of our, our high school environment or even sometimes our family environment we will help you with the tools to help define those values because that when your values align with the with the work and the projects that you're taking on life is happier life is easier and you have a set of of guiding principles to make decisions for the rest of your life and 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 those values will will, will change as you evolve as a person but you have a place to root yourself so i i just thank you for thank you for saying that um and and you're you're making me so happy right now um because it it, it is so central to who we are as human beings Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just couldn't keep no, it inside anymore. That's wonderful. Um, and I think it's, it is really, really important. I think it even harkens back a little bit to what I was saying at the beginning um, about how, you know, this, we're, we're a generation that's defining our path through lives a little bit differently. And we're defining it uh, a lot by how we're improving our own skills, our own value maps. Um, and it's something that I try to latch on to a lot when delivering this workshop to youth too is, you know, a lot of the times people suggest projects that they've seen or that they've heard of or that they think they should suggest even, um, things that ideas that might've been kind of seen or implanted uh, in some other context. And so, okay, these are all great. How do you feel about it? What parts of that would move you or what would you change to make that project feel like it hits home a little bit more to you? Um, what are the values that you really wanted of that? Um, and it can be really interesting to see 
how that opens up some conversations in some really, really new ways. Um, and we've had a lot of those conversations happen in high schools when youth are talking about community support projects that they want to do. And they start off by talking about projects that they've seen happen elsewhere. And then I say, great, these are all amazing ideas. And the fact they've happened somewhere means we know they're going to work in some way. So let's try to personalize it. What parts of that really move you? What are the things that when you see that, you say, yes, I want to be the one delivering that. Like, do you see yourself there? And if you don't, what do you see yourself doing? Then? How do you see yourself in that room? What's your role in there? Um, and building up that value map, both of like social values, ethical or moral values, um, and just what you, what you see as your ideal version of yourself and your community looking like, really, really can help inform that path in some huge ways. And I think that's something that we can always stand to have more tools uh, to help understand too. I think that I think that's great, great advice, um, and and so I think we could talk about this for for days on end, um, sure. but but I think that our folks who are listening are probably just chomping at the bit with some ideas of their own and wanting to get online and find out more. Um, so where can folks who might be interested in uh, applying for one of these grants or learning a little bit more, where can they find more information? Yeah, so I guess that's the, the big action here is what do we do next? Um, so to start off, I'm going to say is you can find us online. Uh, the website is www.risingyouth.ca. Si tu préfères le faire en français aussi, c'est jeunesenaction.com. So if you prefer in French, it is jeunesenaction.com. Um, and you can switch back and forth effortlessly on the website. There's a little bilingualism ticker that you can click on. Um, and that's our website. Our grant applications are there, as well as our checklist for what actually fits uh, our criteria. What we're looking for is somebody between 15 and 30 who has an idea for a project that doesn't exist already in their community that they want to execute. We have funding from $250 to $1,500 for that project, and it needs to be a youth volunteer running a new program to identify an unmet need community to make that work. That can mean whatever it means to you. You tell us what your community is, what that need is that you're going to meet, and how you want to do it, and we will work with you to do the best things that we can with that. Our role as activators here is to say yes, uh, so I want to get you there. Um, if you want to contact somebody directly, you can go to funding at takingitglobal.org. Um, and that'll connect you to our grants team uh, at our national office. We'll ping you out to the right person in whichever province or territory you're in to help make sure you get the support you need to get going on this. And I will link to all of that in the show notes. So if folks wanted to, to follow on the podcast, we can, we can have all that information available. If you're driving, don't write it down now. Uh, I will make sure you have a copy of that uh, on the show notes as well. So it's, it's a very easy action step here. You just head to that website and it will guide you through the process. And not only will it guide you through the first steps, but it will connect you with an activator um, that can support the launch and execution of the project. Uh, so Corey, thank you so much for sharing your expertise today and for all of the, the knowledge and all of the wisdom you brought to us and for inspiring people to think about taking on projects to serve their community in new ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it was a real treat. I really enjoyed this talk and I'm looking forward to hearing what happens next with all these youth who are listening. 
Corey is just a kindred spirit of mine. I can't tell you how many times we paused the recording and just had a side conversation while we were chatting about all of these particular things. So as you're expanding the definition or as you're building your plan for your gap year, definitely consider coming up with one of these projects that you can see through from the beginning, from the dream through to execution. Those skills are going to carry you so far in your life and it makes great things that you can put on your resume and things that you can talk about in um, all sorts of different job interviews. Any of these projects, as long as they meet one of the UN Sustainable Development Goals, will also put you one step closer to earning the gap year certification that we're offering. So if you are this type of person, you should definitely apply for a Rising Youth Grant and check out the gap year game plan and the associated credentials you can earn to put on your resume. So until next time, keep on adventuring.